0: Hawks, Hawks Live, Hawks. every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer.
1: I'm Michael Bumpus. He is Paul Moyer. This is Hawks Live every Thursday right here on 710 ESPN at 7 o'clock. And we're at CenturyLink. And I'm in a good mood today, Paul. You oh, know yeah. why? Why? Because the Hawks are 3-0, man. The Hawks are 3 It might not look pretty, but they're 3-0. <laughs> We we can't complain. To, well, we can't complain. We're probably going to complain in a minute, right? But they're three and zero. They're getting it done. It ain't pretty on one side of the ball, but you'll take it, right?
2: Yeah, I don't know if we'll complain. We're we're here to try to fix it. And you look, you got your Laker jersey on. You got Kobe. <laughs> you know, you and I, we're we're Laker fans. You're yep. a little bit younger, so you're okay with all these free agents coming in. I'm a little <laughs> more old school, you know. But three and zero, and I also noticed that they changed the the. The billboard or the bump, whatever they call, it. well, it's now bump and Paul. So now you're <laughs> really feeling good. Um, we're three and zero. Our offense is is dynamic. It's fun. We can do anything with the football. Defensively, it's kind of fun to watch. You know, you just never know what you're going to get. Uh, the first half actually hasn't been bad this year for him. I, I was going looking for some statistics and where, where's the breakdown. And it's my goodness, it's it's the fourth quarter. Yeah, you know, we're, we're giving up. Almost two hundred and twenty five, two hundred and thirty yards every game in the fourth quarter. The second half we're averaging over three hundred yards a game in the second half. The first half we're there. I mean, that's what makes it the, the offense get the lead for them. They just there's just too many mistakes. There's too many big plays. Uh, and we've got, you know, our foot on their throat and we get a way to, to really to finish the game and and they just got to fix it.
1: Now, you've been watching film. You notice you said 230 yards in the fourth quarter is what we're giving up on average. Is there anything that's happened schematically? Or is it is it the circumstances to where the the Hawks start playing a little softer defense? What do you think it is that allows those numbers to go up in the fourth? I,
2: It's a good question. It, 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 as you know, when you watch film, it's never as good or as bad as you think it is. Yep. You, have a, you think you have a great game. And I won't go into that too much. I'm watching the game, and we blitzed when they threw 40% of the time. We, we I, I re- charted it 23 times we sent five guys or more. Uh, three times we did a zone blitz where we brought uh, Jamal Adams and dropped some uh, defensive ends out, and, you know, and, and I think Bobby and, and Jamal were blitzed. But I don't call that necessary blitz because it's just a four-man rush, but it gives them something different. But if you just take those 23 off the 57 attempts, you're around 40%. Uh, That's a lot. And there's times we're on coverage and they make a good throw. And there's other times I'm like, okay, you know, we made them throw some balls away. To me, the big ones is, you know, we we got beat over the top twice, you know, by Trey. Uh, We also had Shaq get beat when we had them pinned down there, right when we took a double-digit lead again. And then three plays later, they're right back in the game. Um, We had a, a busted defense where they had K.J. Wright on Wilson, a kid out of Boise State who's very fast. I'm like, I don't know. At that point, as soon as I, whatever is going on, you audible out of your blitz. Yeah. And you say, we're going to a three-deep zone. We used to call it yellow, 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 blue, blue, blue. Go to I don't care what you do, but at that point, it's off. We got a bad mismatch, and we saw that mismatch. You know, Trey got beat over the top. We just got to take those kind of plays away. They ran another one, a deep, deep crossing route. I think it was a zone. It was hard to tell, um, but I think it was, even though Shaq followed him in. There's another you know, couple 40-yard, I call them, bus plays. Um,
1: and those crossing plays make sense to me, that – their big plays because that's how you beat a zone right yeah you, you cross a guy through different thirds of the field or different halves and make these guys communicate and when I will look at the film I don't see a lot of communication when guys are crossing zones. zone so it's almost like these guys are blind so it makes sense to me at, in the moment it's frustrating because you see Wilson make a big play you're like how did this happen you watch the film it's like okay well they're probably in a zone they're being forced to communicate and I don't see a lot of communication going on so I I would like to think it's an easy fix maybe just you you know, in 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 in. You know, I you play defense. What's what's the call there? Are you yelling in? What are you calling? There? I'm yelling in, but
2: it's you know. Some say, is it the rush? Is it uh, the the back seven and how they're playing zones? Is it you know? Do we do we have the players there? You know, is it scheme? You no, know, it's 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 all of it. You're not going to fix it overnight. I mean, we are we are in a historic run right now if we don't fix it they will have the most yards in the history of the nfl (laughs) at the end of the year the pace they're going on by about 800 yards so we're going to see a reversion to the mean it's going to come back we played three phenomenal offenses three pro bowl quarterbacks um we got some tough ones coming up it should get better in the past defense but here's what i will say they just got to start getting a little more vanilla and be really good. So what what are we hanging our hat on? Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is right now.
1: Yep. Well, now I got some good news and some bad news for you. Good news: Hawks are three and zero. Yeah. More yeah. good news. Yeah. Alton Robinson had a day. Yep. Ryan Neal came off the bench had a day. Didn't think he was going to play on Sunday. Jordan Simmons came off the bench and had a play. Good news. Bad news is those guys got on the field because Jamal Adams is banged up. Damian Lewis, Jordan Brooks, Quentin Dunbar, Leno Hill wasn't active, Ethan Posig, Mike Upati. They're not immune to this injury bug that's going on in the NFL. 3 0.
2: I'm going to go back (laughs) to the good news. I think one thing is we got depth. You know, even bringing guys off the practice squad. squad. You, you know, you mentioned Robinson there, who had a great camp and then maybe you know tailed off a little bit and got his opportunity last week at uh, two weeks ago. I mean, he had some good rushes, you uh, know, not just hustle ones. I mean, actually made a move, pushed a guy, and uh, came inside for the, for the sack. Our best rushes, by the way, bump three man rushes at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got we did get ten quarterback hits, so yeah. it's not like it was. Him standing back there all day long. He wasn't. Um, Again, I think you take away the bus. I thought we played pretty well the first half. We actually played pretty well in the third quarter. And then three plays at the end of the third quarter. The fourth quarter is just, man, I I have no answers. We just have to play better.
1: So now let's talk about some positive. Russell Wilson is playing at a high level. Five touchdowns last week to five different receivers. DK has a mishap early in Mm. the game bounces back. Tyler Lockett continues just to be just the most steady personality and performer on this football team other than Russell Wilson. And we still haven't seen the tight ends really break out yet. Greg Olson had a touchdown the very first game. Hollister had a touchdown, but we haven't seen a really dominant or just impressive performance by this tight end room yet. And it's one of the deepest rooms on this team.
2: Yeah, I think the running backs, the tight ends, if um if you really work hard to take away our secondary, they're gonna be in there, particularly man to man. If you say, Hey, we're gonna, you know, really favor those guys with the safeties, uh, yeah, then I think we had a chance to exploit the linebackers. Um and and that's all good. Uh, Russell Wilson, five touchdowns, you know, on a historic pace as well, didn't have his best game.
3: <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> that's I'm crazy.
1: That's crazy.
2: And what I, I we we talked about this after the game. He actually had a phenomenal game. Mm-hmm. What he did was he missed on some throws we normally know he's going to make. Mm-hmm. We had a third down and three into the flat. He yeah. he, he hopped it to, yep. to I think it was Tyo Lockett. Um, he had another one. I I can't remember throws that we're going. Oh, he that's he's not going to miss that throw. Well, guess what? He's actually human. He's human. <laughs> um, he had a phenomenal game. You know, seventy over seventy percent completion, right at it. Five touchdowns. I, look, you take that all day. Yep. But it could have been better, and it could have been six interceptions. And I bet you DK Metcalf never does that again. No. Did you guys have a chance to talk with – DK, or what, what did Pete have to say and about didn't, that?
1: Pete said that um, he obviously knew that he had messed up. That's something that they preach. Finishing the paint is what Pete says. That's what they mean. Hey, you, you're going through the end zone. You finish through the line. That's football one-on-one, right? Finish through the line, not to the line, not before the line, through the line. And maybe he was feeling himself a, a little bit and got caught up in a moment. But I don't think that's going to happen again. But now these guys are going down to Florida. Yeah. There's a guy named Fitzpatrick out there who has had great games as a Buccaneer. I think there was a week, I think it was last year, where he had like back-to-back 400-yard games. He's shown that he can get it done, but he's also shown that he can turn this thing over. And I look at this offense and I'm like, okay, Devontae Parker, who's not a really fast receiver, they should be able to lock him down. Uh, Jasicki, I'm sorry if I'm saying his name wrong, the tight end, who's leading that team reception, not too impressive. Miles Gasson, who's a good you know, local hero, yeah. solid football player, but not a guy you should worry about. Mm-mm. This is the game that they lock things down.
2: I hope so. Uh, boy, that was a really wimpy way of saying I hope so. Miami played the Patriots' top first game of the season. Matter of fact, if, if this factor doesn't throw those two interceptions in the red zone, they got a chance to beat them. They yep. lose, to what, 21-10 to 10 or whatever the number was. They lose to Buffalo 31-28. They're in that game. And then they, they hammered Jacksonville last week. If he doesn't throw any interceptions, if he's going to go and complete 16 out of 20 or 18 out of 25, this is going to be a tough football game. They do have some players on
1: defense. They got some players. And coming up next, we'll dive into the Seahawks Week 4 opponent with Armando Sarguero from the Miami Herald right here on Hawks Live.
0: Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle.
1: You're listening to Hawks Live with Michael Bumpus and Paul Morgan every Thursday at 7 right here on 710 ESPN. We're at CenturyLink. These guys are going down to Miami this weekend, Paul. Miami. Mm. Is there anything about Miami that you dislike?
2: Uh, The humidity at times, but even then I'll take it. Because the evenings are so special, man. That is a that's a scary town because I liked it so much. You know, that's a. Ooh, I I could probably get in trouble here. Not really, honey. Um, But no, it's just you know the weather and it's fun and. You
1: know what blew my mind about Miami? I remember walking into the ocean and it was warm. I'm from Cali. The Pacific Ocean is cold as heck. I walked into that ocean. I'm like, all right, I can get used to this. All right. Well, talking about. Miami, we're bringing in Armando Salguero. Armando, how you doing?
4: You talking about the Atlantic Ocean? <laughs>
1: hey, hey, 70 degrees, Armando. That's that. That's fake. What are you guys oh, doing? Yeah. Heating up that water? What are you doing over there?
4: Yeah, we uh, you know, you guys put ice in your water. We <laughs> we uh we kind of put heaters in our water cuz we, you know, we got thin blood over here. What can I tell you?
1: Hey, we'll take it. We'll take it. Let's talk about these dolphins. Uh second-year head coach yeah. Brian Flores, what is his perception to the public out there? Do you guys you feeling what he's doing? What are your thoughts?
4: Well, so it's a work in progress, right? Uh, they were 5 and 11 last year and they're under 500 again this year at 1 and 2 and they're underdogs at home against the Seahawks. And next week they're going to be underdogs on the road against San Francisco. So I think folks in South Florida are kind of holding their breath. They understand that this is not supposed to be, you know, a Super Bowl team by any stretch. This might not even be a playoff team by any stretch, but it should be a representative team and a competitive team. And that's going to be decided when they play teams like Seattle and they play teams like San Francisco and they go to Arizona. It's going to be decided, you know, as we move along, if they don't compete in those games, if they get blown out, if they're, you know, outclassed, people are going to start looking sideways at Flo.
2: Armando Gay, hey, thanks for jumping on with us. Know that that back east, 10 o'clock right now. Appreciate the the late jump with us. You know, but on film, they've looked good. I, I went and watch the, the Patriot game, if not for those two interceptions, really towards the, in the red zone there. I mean, they got a chance to win that. They got 31-28 Buffalo, and then they blow out Jacksonville. So th- this is competitive. It, it really seems like it comes down to uh, Fitz, God, do Fitzpatrick not throwing interceptions. Yeah, uh, you know, in the first game,
4: he threw three interceptions, and that was terrible. But the fact is that the defense gave up 178 rushing yards. And so it didn't, the score wasn't bad, but it didn't feel like at any point that the the Patriots were in danger of losing that game. As a matter of fact, they fumbled at the one-yard line and out of the end zone. And they missed like a 30 yard field goal. So it it was, it was one of those games where it didn't, it didn't feel like the dolphins were, were really in it as close as a score. And the Buffalo game was the same thing. I mean, the dolphins are one thing I will give the dolphins is they do not quit. Uh, they were down by a lot by uh, 17 points to the bills in the second half and they just, you know, kept fighting and they went down by a touchdown to the Bills and of course after they went down by a touchdown Josh Allen throws a 46-yard bomb and now it's a 14-point game again and even then the Dolphins scored late, you know, with like a minute to play to make it feel close. So they don't they don't quit, they don't give up, but they're not there yet it seems
1: like. All right, Armando, I went to Washington State University. Um, it's on the eastern side of the state. You guys have a guy who went <laughs> to my rival, University of Washington, and Miles Gaskin, though I am a Coug and I, I'm, with, I'm with the other guys, I think our fans will love to know what are your thoughts of this guy? Um, are you guys feeling him? Yeah.
4: I mean, he was a surprise. you got to understand, he was a seventh-round draft pick last year, and he didn't get a whole lot of runs. So he was inactive eight games, and I think he only got 36 carries all season before he went on injured reserve. Coming into training camp, Matt Breida had been traded for. The Dolphins gave up a fifth-round pick for him. Uh, They paid Jordan Howard, a former first-round pick. They paid him $4 million a year as a free agent. And everybody's expecting those two guys to be, you know, the lead backs. And here comes Miles Gaskin seemingly out of nowhere, uh, in his second year. And he's done everything that the coaching staff has asked. He, uh, you know, mostly, uh, he doesn't have many plays where he loses yardage. He doesn't turn the ball over and he's consistent. And has he broken a 70-yard run? No. Has he broken a 50-yard? No. Not, not at this point. But, you know, he is, he is their most consistent back. And right now he's their best back.
2: You know, you got, you got Devontae Parker. And, and there's some people that we're familiar with here in Northwest. But talk about some guys uh, our listeners uh, don't know about that they should be looking after this Sunday.
4: Well, their tight end is Mike Kosicki, and so he's he's a tight end by name only. He's really a six foot six, two hundred and forty five pound slot receiver. That's how the Dolphins use him basically. He's not a blocking in line tight end by any means. But he runs four six and when they match him up at six six, running four six against a linebacker uh it's typically something of a mismatch and he is Ryan Fitzpatrick's pet and the reason that i say that is Gesicki's a really young player who basically just decided to to be Fitzpatrick's puppy dog and follow him everywhere and do everything he said and it's worked because he's gotten better and Fitzpatrick throws him the ball a lot so that's one guy that should be watched, and, and the, obviously the Seahawks should be aware of. Um, the dolphins are a very big team on the outside. You mentioned Devontae Parker, he's six three. They've got Preston Williams in his second year. he's six five. Those are their two receivers. So on the field, they 're going to put six three Devonte Parker, who had over a thousand yards last year, six five Preston Williams on the other side. And 6'6", Mike Kosicki, at tight end or the slot, however you want to uh, call them, and it, it's a it's a mismatch with a lot of teams. That's why they're starting to you know crank it up a little bit on offense.
1: Sounds like they're going big or going home. Now Armando, I got a a regional question for you. So you guys are in Florida, <laughs> we're in Washington. It's locked down up here, Armando. You can't do nothing. Everything closes at 10 o'clock. Florida's a little more wide open. COVID's going down. Are there any concerns about players' extracurricular activities during the football season? I think
4: the, the Tennessee Titans situation has been um, – it's bad for the Tennessee Titans and it's bad for, for those folks that are contracting it. But I think it's an eye-opener for the rest of the league, including everybody in Florida, that – We're not out of the woods. It's not over. You have to be vigilant. And with the football teams, with all the sports teams really, but the football teams who are not in a bubble, it it really does come down to you are responsible as a singular individual for an entire organization potentially. You don't want to be that guy that contracts the disease and then spreads it to everyone else in the organization or a dozen other people in the organization, or even half a dozen people in the organization. And suddenly you're responsible for your team losing the buy and having to postpone a game. That, that is a responsibility that has been made abundantly clear, at least within the dolphins organization, that, don't be that guy. Don't be the irresponsible one that is, you know, the super spreader, so to speak. And, yeah, we're, we're more open than Washington, uh, but we're not, you know, wide open. We're in phase three right now. We went into phase three last week. Uh, there are restaurants open. There are, um, you know, there are bars open, too. And they're not open at full capacity, but they're open at half capacity and they have to close up by 11 o'clock. Having said that, these young guys on the Dolphins, um, I don't believe that they're in those bars at
1: any time
4: during the day.
1: Well, that's good to hear. Armando, we appreciate you taking time. Now, my wife is Latin, so I'm going to try to say your name the way I think she wants me to say it, okay? It was nice catching up with you. Armando Salguero. Please have a good one. Salguero. Salguero. Salguero.
4: Salguero.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Armando. Appreciate but you. Brother, uh, I, I dig
4: it.
2: Thank you. I appreciate you.
4: Hey, Be no, well.
1: No problem, man. Have a good one. All right, that was Armando coming up next.
2: flexing right there. That was a little that's flex. That a good
1: flex. All right. Hey, wifey, if you're listening, that was for you, babe. All right, coming up next, we'll chat with wide receiver Freddie Swain right here on Hawks Live.
0: Hawks Live every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle.
1: Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus. He is Paul Moyer every Thursday right here at 7 o'clock on 710 ESPN, and we are at CenturyLink, and today we get to talk to rookie Freddie Swain. Freddie, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Hey, man, I'm all right. I'm all right,
2: man. Oh, I got two wide receivers tonight.
1: You know how it goes down. I'm
2: I'm a safety, so I'm going to sit back and listen (laughs) for a while.
1: Hey, Freddie, when they drafted you, the first thing I did, I looked at film. I'm like, all right, let's see what Freddie does. And this is what I saw on film. I saw a guy who, one, loves to compete, and two, when the ball is in your hands, you just get electric. It's like you turn into a running back. What do you feel is the best part of your game?
5: Uh, Probably my physical nature. Um, I take blocking very seriously. Um, I actually take more – I probably take more pride in actually catching the ball. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a lot of times where receivers don't have the ball. You know, I try to make my presence known with or without the ball.
2: Well, as I watch DK, I mean, he, he takes it pretty serious too. I mean, the first play of the game last week and obviously what he did to Gilmore, do, do you, you know, obviously you guys, it's important. But how much do you guys talk about the importance of blocking in the running game?
5: Um, We got that as one of our goals to try to get so many as a unit and um, we compete at, with that as far as everything else. So, um, so, like, if I see DK out there trying to get one, uh, a major block i'm gonna try to get to and i think that just it, it lightens up the room and like if you watch the game t luck actually was doing it too <laughs> so um yeah, i think it just it, it makes our our past game uh, aggressive as well as our run game
1: hey freddie when i i you know i had a cup of coffee in the nfl and I scored one touchdown, and when they called the play in the huddle, I knew I was going to get my time to shine. I ran a shallow cross, <laughs> similar to what you did when you're in the huddle and you heard that play and you line up and you saw the coverage, where you like, "Oh yeah, this is me. I'm about to get this." So
5: all week we were we were throwing at the teeth. So when we when we go to line up, I seen them pointing like they had already found teeth so they were pointing at them. I said, "Uh oh, I might I might have a shot here." So I just, I went out, boom, and I ran up under, and, and obviously they dropped me. So, man, uh, it was
1: it was pretty exciting. Was it slow motion for you? I mean, did you – once you caught the rock, I mean, you probably had one guy who might have met you at the goal line. What were, your, what were your thoughts when you had the ball in your hands? Beat him there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know, just listening to John Schneider, Pete Carroll, not to give you too much love as a rookie, but, you know, they they say some pretty high praises on you. Um, I mean, that's got to make you feel pretty good.
5: It does. It does.
2: Let let me ask you this. So you're you're the man at Florida. What's the difference, you know, just describe it in Florida where there's a play called, but it's really designed for you versus where you are here now with Russell in that – yeah, maybe there's a play designed for somebody, but the you know, d- defense dictates. But is every receiver live in the passing game compared to maybe where you're at U- uh, when you're at Florida?
5: Of course, um, I think like that's why I, like I love this offense. Um, it we don't have a, a a certain spot where the ball is going to go. You know, all all the routes are live, and coach he tells us all like like my play for instance when I scored, I didn't get that ball all week. You know. And um, it just goes to show you that all all the plays are alive. You know what I'm saying? So just run your route full speed, and you know what I'm saying. You never just you you never know what happens. So just just be ready for it.
2: Does Does Russell ever say? I remember a time with Michael Jordan, and uh, you know some of his <clears throat> documentaries where he he would grab a guy and say, "Hey, if they do this, just beware. I'm I'm coming to you." Does Does Russell ever talk to you guys? And say, "Hey, I I I know in practice here, but." Freddie, be be alive on this and just be
5: ready. Hey, always. A uh, wrestler look at you. He, you know, a, a smart football player, hell of a football player. So he'll look and give you eyes and then he tell you, hey, hey, be ready on this. Or you know, after that play, he'll say, hey, you see that in the game? Just you know, be ready for it. So, um, yeah, we always get that.
1: Hey, Freddie, coming into camp. Um, you had to compete with DK, Tyler Lockett, Demo, Dorsett is there, John Ursula is there. I mean, what was your mentality going into camp? And did you? was there ever a point where you felt like, okay, I might make this football team?
5: Uh, my mentality going into camp,
1: man, you know, I just always I, – like I played a game with a
5: chip, you know, and I think that chip came out even more, you know. Watching all them teams pick up receivers and, and pick up guys it really put a chip on my shoulder so i told myself if i, if I get the opportunity to 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 show what i can uh, my, my what i'm capable of give them no reason for you to get cut you know what i'm saying make it something that they need to do or just never put it on myself whether that be effort or, or knowing the plays or things like that N- don't give them a reason on my end so and i think that's
1: how i approach the game and and i came out the you, you talk about knowing the game. We we spoke to Pete Carroll and people in the camp and they said Freddie knows every spot. We can line him up right now. We're comfortable with them. Has that always been a part of your game or did you say, look, this is what I need to do to make this ball club, I'm gonna learn every spot?
5: Uh at Florida I was kinda like I kind of like knew spot by spot, but here I, I made it I made it my job, you know, to understand everybody's route and everybody's role and depths and split. So um I kind of I would say I made it my I really made it my 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 job to do that here.
2: And it's it's a job. It's a, it's a long day for you guys. So take me inside the locker room. A more specific. Take me inside the meeting room. Just the wide receivers. Give me some personalities here. Who's who's the life of the party with the with those wide receivers? Uh, I would say <laughs> I'd say
5: me me, well, we all joke, you know, like we all love to have fun, but I would say uh d k myself, Devo, and T lock, I think we get the the party started, and then the guys just tag along like and Nate and Sanjay, man, we have like our meetings uh, it'd be it'd, it'd be it'd be cool, you know we we laugh all the time, we joke, you know what I'm saying, but when it's time to get serious, we get serious, but as far as is is the room. You couldn't ask for a better room to be in. <laughs>
2: yeah, you know, there, there's been some some meeting rooms where you know rookies were treated like rookies. You know, go get my you know water. Back <laughs> then it was donuts. I don't think they feed you donuts anymore. And then it, it transitioned a little bit where you know once they're here, we're trying to win. We, we don't treat them as rookies. We we treat them as professionals. Right. What's that like for you? Um,
5: it's good. You know, I had to I had a, a rookie duty. <laughs> I, had to, I had to buy uh, food. But other than that, man, they they do a good job of of not making it rookie versus vet. You know, it's it's we're a team, we're a family, and we just go
2: from there. It ain't right, by the way. They should make <laughs> you go get the food, but they should never make the rookies <laughs> buy the food. That, I've always struggled with that. So you tell you tell Tyler Lockett he needs to be buying, but you'll go get it,
1: right. <laughs> hey Freddie I'm, I'm from Cali I'm from Southern California I remember moving up to Washington and seeing my first winter and it was raining and stuff and I'm like what did I do now you went to school in Florida has it been an adjustment you know playing your, your time in Florida and coming up to Washington and dealing with actually you've had it pretty good so far you're just about to really see what Washington is all about Um, are you prepared for somebody this
5: somebody just told me
2: <laughs> it's not that bad
1: kind of nervous
5: as to what everybody's
1: talking about
5: but the other day, it was pretty, it was pretty, it was kind of cold outside. I ain't going to let to you. It was kind of cold. And they said, Well, you ain't seen nothing yet. I, I couldn't do nothing
1: put my head down. No. Just, hey.
2: just, just remember what the sun looks like. That's the real trick because it, it disappears <laughs> for a while.
1: Hey, well, Freddie, we appreciate you taking time out of your day. My advice would be get a rain jacket. It's going to rain, so get your rain jacket. But, <laughs> hey, love what you're doing. I'm a receiver, so you know I'm rooting for you. Man, have a great week and go down to Miami. Do your thing, man. Appreciate it. All right, that was Freddie Swain. Up next, we got everything covered, Seahawks NFL, as we talk to John Clayton right here on Hawks Live.
0: Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle.
1: Hey, you know what that means. We're getting funky, Paul. It's getting funky in here. So, you know, we got to talk
2: every Thursday at 745 with John Clayton.
1: JC, what's hey, up?
3: Gotta love it. It's JB. <laughs> it's James
1: Brown. How you doing today, John? I'm doing
3: good. Doing good. You know, honestly, I, this uh, Denver Jet game, which is terrible, is actually a little bit better than I thought, thanks to Brett Ripien. He's he's actually doing a great job tonight.
2: God, is that is that a... That's Boise State, right? Boise, Boise State, yeah. Boise. Now, my daughter went to Boise. I know. I know the difference. At least it's competitive, John. We we were actually talking I from my high school to college to the NFL. Every game I've ever played for at the end of the year meant something. I'd never been on a losing team as a player. And I'm watching the Jets going, God, how bad would that be? And then Bump said, oh, I know. I, I, I went to Washington State. I it was whoa, 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 oh, whoa, 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 I threw whoa, you down. I
1: didn't say it. all that. Well, you kind of. But I didn't go to a bowl game, yes, okay, but I, I didn't say that. No, anyway, no. anyway, John, we're not, we're not going to waste your time with all this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> John, is this a game you expect or the Hawks need to win convincingly or should we kind of just settle down and say, okay, they are who they are. It's going to be close just like every other mm-hmm. year and this defense isn't really going to shut anybody out.
3: No, I mean, this is a game where I think the defense has to really step up and you know not allow uh, the, the, the yards and things that happen in the first three weeks of the season against three good quarterbacks because they're taking on what I think you consider one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. He just happens to be starting in Ryan Fitzpatrick. And so it's a matter where you, you say, okay, you can't give up 30 points. You can't give up 27 points. You probably have to keep it in the teens. I mean, you can't let him move the football and uh too well because again, I mean, they got a bad offensive line. You know, four or five new starters and the only returning starter is the worst blocker on their offensive line, Jesse Davis. And do they really have enough at wide receiver? I'd say no. And, you know, Miles Gaskin's doing a nice job behind a bad offensive line running the football. So this is one where if they give an, up anything more than 17 points, it's not a good day.
2: You know, I, th- I think the one concern is, you know, they got some height, you know, with the big, tall receivers, big, tall tight ends, and they're averaging, you know, a couple of them, you know, almost 15 yards per catch. It's it's the injuries the Seahawks have, mm-hmm. you know, and, and does that close the gap going into this game on. You know, the Seahawks normally you would think would win by double digits.
3: Yeah, it closes the gap. There's no question about it because you know when you come out with the six to eight injuries they suffered on Sunday, and you know figuring that they're not going to have Jordan Brooks, they probably won't have Jamal Adams. We don't know about Chris Carson. They have a chance to have him, but he's not going to be in his normal role because they're going to have to limit the number of carries for him. But it's a matter that, and again, I, I just used the San Francisco example because when you look at Miami, you know they're kind of in the same vein as the Jets, the Giants, and some of the bad teams in football. You know since Cincinnati, Jacksonville, and so it's okay. So it's like this is a winnable game. Now weather conditions could make, be tough because it's going to be what 86 degrees with uh, 20 mile an hour winds and all that stuff. Uh, you know, you, this is a trap game. But really, I mean, if you're a good Seattle team, which they are, you know, they should be able to pretty much dominate this game, hold down Ryan Fitzpatrick, hold down the offense, and of course, you know, again, you're going against one of the worst defenses in football. So you should be able to have come out of this with a pretty good outcome.
1: All right, John, let's go around the league, around the NFL. Now, the Bears have themselves a situation. Mitchell Trubisky, Trubisky, Trub- <laughs> Trubisky uh-huh. um, he's sitting down now. Nick Foles has taken his job. Is this long overdue? Was it the right timing? How, how would you have handled this situation? And do you think Nick Foles will be the Bears quarterback for the foreseeable future? I
3: do, and I think it was handled correctly because you know the, the, the difference would be if you would have given Nick Foles a job, and literally he didn't do enough in the preseason. Not that there was much he could do because, again, there was no preseason games and everything was all in practice and all that stuff. So there wasn't enough that he could do to establish himself over Mitch Trubisky. But the difference is going to be, you know, if you would go with Foles, he gets hurt, you go back to Trubisky, then there's going to be no confidence in the team. They're not going to be able to buy into him because, again, he hasn't done well, and you can see that he's on his way out there. So, no, I think they handle it the right way. I mean, basically what you can say, I know that – you know, Matt Nagy said this was kind of a you know decision that he made just by feel as the game was going on, but it was the right feel. You have a quick hook. I mean, if you have a in baseball, if you have a bad starter and he's going in there. His fastball's down to 91. He's giving up hits, and it's like, okay. So now you start to worry about losing the game. Then you say, okay, fine. Let's let's make the move. So I think the quick hook was the right way to do it. Now with Foles, who I think is certainly better than Trubisky, it's just a matter of keeping him healthy because that's the one thing that he's not been able to establish since coming into the NFL, being healthy all through 16 games.
2: Hey, John, I haven't heard uh, what happened from from last week. Chris Carson, by the way, looks like he. It, good chance he's going to play yeah. um, but did Tristan Hill ever get fined he was yeah, the guy get... who alligated it but when, when do they announce those
3: well they they what they, they don't announce them they leak them and so what happens is you put in a request if you're, you know, an NFL beat person, and then by Friday afternoon or Saturday, they'll get the word back to you what the fines were going to be. So he probably got the notification, and you know, having been in the league, it's like if you get a fine, you're going to get a letter or an email now. It's going to be there by Wednesday or Thursday. So they'll let, uh, you know, they'll leak out tomorrow, you know, who all the fines are. You know, they, they do it with the horse collar tackles. They do it with all that. And so I'm sure that his fine is going to be going to come out tomorrow the fact that nothing happened on tuesday because if we're going to uh, give him uh, a suspension they'd have to announce it on tuesday so you can get the roster uh, space to be able to come in and get somebody in there to be able to replace him so he's not getting suspended but i'm sure he's going to get a fine
1: John, COVID finally hit the league. They're going to have a postponed game this weekend. Tennessee Titans are going through it. How do you feel the NFL has handled this situation thus far?
3: Perfect. I give them an A because, again, what they did, there was totally flexible because they're taking it on a day-by-day basis. Okay, the game was scheduled for Sunday. So here you are on a Wednesday, and you had one more positive test. It's like, okay, so we'll delay it now to a Monday night game, and then you come in today and... And you find out, okay, you have a player that tested positive and another staffer that tested positive. So it's still spreading. And of course, I mean, you look at it, it's not just like uh, people that aren't suffering from it because there's temperatures and, you know, bad feelings for some of the players. And so it's like, okay, once you got to Thursday and you're still adding more than you're subtracting, then it's a matter. Go ahead and uh, move the game back. So what they'll do is that they'll take it back and they'll play it in Week 7 because they'll take the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game because both teams... Are playing in week seven, they have bye weeks in week eight. So now you move the game back. So you have the flexibility of doing that. But again, I think they handled it really well. What I'm wondering right now is how well is the Titans handling things? Because, you know, here they are. They've got 11 or 12 people in the front office and players that have tested positive. But it's not like they're the only ones. Their first round pick has tested positive twice. And uh, is still he hasn't played it down And so because he's on COVID. Then they had a practice squad guy that's in the same boat. And so it's like, hey, they've got more than anybody else in the league. Is there something they're doing wrong? You have to kind of think there is something that's not working. And I think coming out of this, because, you know, I kept on saying it for the last two days. You know, if you're in a situation like Tennessee, what you need to do is that you need to go bubble. And bubble is not like you can see in the NBA or any other sport like that. The bubble is, okay, people, here's what we're going to do. Players, you're staying in the hotel. You're not getting out of the hotel. You can't go home. You have to sacrifice because here we are. You know, this was a th- 2 3 and and0 teams that were going to meet, and they put themselves in a position. Whatever happened, that if they, you know, played the game, they were not going to have a practice. And so I think that this stage. They need to go bubble and have everybody in a hotel that's totally secure for an indefinite period of time.
2: Yeah, it's tricky, John. I mean, the NBA, easy to reschedule games. Baseball, easy to reschedule games. Football, it's hard. Are you concerned, you know, if this spills over to a couple more teams? No, I'm
3: not. You're not? No, I'm not. And here's the reason. Because, you know, when you have bye weeks, you can be adjustable. And here we are four weeks into the season and is an easy, adjustable thing. Once you get into uh, late mid-November, when the bye weeks go away, then you have an option. It's like, okay, fine. If we have games to make up, then we'll make them up. We'll make week 18 and we'll push the playoffs back one week. And so I think that's the way to do it because you have the flexibility because you have the one week between the championship games and the Super Bowl so you can move it back. So if you need to play these games and if you don't need to play these games, because remember, I mean, there are people in the stands, but not a lot. So it's like, you know, if if it's going to be like Denver and the Jets, you say, okay, we don't need to worry about it week 18. So I think there's enough flexibility. I think they're going to make it through and get basically all their games in.
1: John, let's go down south to the ATL. Dan Quinn is having a rough year. I mean, that offense is performing at a high level, but the defense is giving up a lot of points, the mishaps with the Cowboys. How much longer does he have?
3: I think he's going to have the whole season because the fact that he took the team to the Super Bowl, even though it was a bad loss in the Super Bowl, I think that Arthur Blank's pretty loyal. But, you know, the way this thing's going, I can't imagine that Dan Quinn's going to be head coaching the team next year. I worry that uh, Thomas Dimitrov is not going to be the general manager next year. But things aren't working out. And again, here you have a defensive coach that the defense is the problem. And again, he's being, I think, very stubborn in the sense that, OK, Dan, are you calling the plays? No. So who's calling the plays? Jeff Olbrich is calling the plays on early downs. Raheem uh, Morris is calling the team on the passing downs. It's not working. You're blowing games. And so it's like you don't think. Because I still remember being on the sidelines Week uh, week eight last year, and uh, you know the Falcons were one in seven. Uh, I was standing five feet behind Arthur Blank. He's looking up an, an empty uh, bowl of arena people that there weren't noticed nobody there cheering for the team. And it's like I thought something could happen there, but he stood by him. Dan came out and won six out of the last eight. But I think he'll stand by him this year. But I'd be surprised if he's a head coach next year.
2: Yeah, they should be two and one right now. It's a shame. But all right, so John, ask you a question you haven't been asked all week.
1: Been what for this what
2: have you not been asked all week that you want to talk
1: about?
3: <laughs> what have I not been asked all week? It's Well, the, the big one that I've been a- i have not asked about, but I keep on stressing, it's like you talk about Seattle's defense giving up all the yards and points. That's everybody in the NFC. That's everybody in the league. But I guess the one that I haven't been asked about yet is that, uh, you know, what do you think of the offensive line? And the, I think the offensive line has done a better job than anybody anticipated. On Sunday, you know, even though he had to run around to do it, you know, Russell Wilson had 3.1, uh, 3.41 seconds, according to uh, Next Gen stats, to throw the football. You know, their running has been good. I mean, you know, this is a better offensive line than last year. Hope people recognize it.
2: And by the way, they were laughing at me for asking that question. And you came with it, John. You gave us some. We were laughing. You were like. I wasn't expecting it. You were it. expecting more like a bombshell question. Yes, I was. But I wanted to, him to talk about something he wanted to talk about. Yeah, not I, be I
1: like what you did there. Thank I appreciate you. that. Thank That's
2: you. nice
3: of you. Yeah.
1: Hey, well, John, as always, we appreciate you taking time out of your day. And keep it funky, baby. I'll see you next All right. Thursday.
3: Make my funks of pee-funks because I want to get <laughs> funked up. <laughs>
1: Here we go. That was John Clayton. I'm Michael Bumpus. He's Paul Moyer. ESPN 710 Hawks Live every Thursday. Coming up next, we'll talk about the Hawks and what we saw and what we need to see for them to get it done this weekend right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Hawks Live
0: every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle.
1: Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Hawks live on Michael Bumpus. He's Paul Moyer. He's smiling at me because he's my guy. Hey, and let's, can we get some love to NASA? Chobe, our producer. NASA's
2: is the best. Man. You know,
1: they're, they're the guys who really make this thing go. NASA, man, we appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. I'm just trying to take care of you guys, man. You're the talent. You're you guys, you guys on the air, making it,
0: making things get done. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just trying to make you guys look good. That's hey. all I want to do. Hey, you
2: yeah. know the hard one, but the giving compliments to NASA's, he doesn't want the. compliments.
1: He's going to shoot him right back. He's like, he's nah, not going to take but it.
2: He And he knows how much we love him. He is, he is the best. But
1: All right, so let's talk about these Hawks. Yeah. What we saw and what we need to see. What I saw was an offense that can go on a run, that looks streaky at times, seems like they stalled out every now and then, but I see an offense that can play any style of football. I'm still waiting for the dominant run game performance that my guy, Ray Roberts, is dying to see. Will we ever see that though? I'm looking at this offense and how they're they're doing their thing. I'm like, is that necessary? Do they need to go no, that route?
2: They don't need to do anything. I we are an offense that says, uh, you want to stop that? We'll go here. And yeah. look, we are we're a passing team now. That's bottom line. But if you want to take that away, I don't know how you're gonna take it away. We're protect we heard John Clayton earlier, you know, he three point one seconds per throw, that's biggest in the league. I mean, so we're protecting, protecting well. Um, we've got weapons all over the place. We, you know, we had Freddie Swain on earlier, a rookie. Who's Freddie. you know he's going to be a player. I love Freddie. He's going to be like a player. Freddie. We got tight ends who haven't even been used yet. Yep. I mean, DK Metcalf is superstar status. Tyler Lockett superstar status. He's not underrated. I and mean, he may not be nationally heard, but anybody in the NFL knows he's he's not underrated. He's he's a stud. So if you want to completely take it away, if you're going to mm-hmm. run cover two on us all day. Uh, or potentially even uh, a three-man front and drop eight guys. Then we're going to run the football, and you you better be ready for that. So we're good offensively or a juggernaut.
1: All right, can I? I'm going to humble the offense a little bit. You should, because I don't want them getting cocky. All right, I'm going to humble a little bit. It needs to be better on third downs. Five for 13 on third downs. What's you've coached in this league? You've played in this league. What is acceptable for third down percentage?
2: Well, it's changed. Um, I, I, I'll i take you back because we used to every year go in with goals, you know, and we would tell the players when I was a player, the coach told us, when I was a coach, told the players. In 1992, <laughs> 1992, <laughs> golly, that's getting a long time ago. Um, We were second in the league in third down conversions defensively, 31, 32%. Uh, you know, nowadays, if you were 31, 32 defensively, I mean, you are – you're killing it. Yeah. It's just the game's changed. It's just, it's you know, 40% now, I think, for an offense is probably the standard. And now I see 50% sometimes, like 50%. 50. I'll take that. That is nuts. And it doesn't matter if it's third. Matter of fact, I would rather uh, defensively come up third and two because I think you're going to throw you're going to throw it quick. Mm-hmm. It's third and 6 or 7. Man, I got all kinds. I got the screen to worry about. I got a deep out, I got a hook. I got if you want to run oh, a double. You're move. worried
1: about a quick on third and 2? Offensively, I'm no, thinking I'm No,
2: gonna... no, no. I well, would be a quick type of throw, right? You yeah. maybe do a quick out. I'm thinking or,
1: run. Third and 2? Well,
2: but I can what I'm saying is third and 2 I, I'm going to isolate you. I'm going to come up where I'm going to play hard jam man. I'm going to put probably eight guys up there. I'm, I'm thinking about the you run. can take
1: care of more stuff. In I'm going to
2: force you to do something you don't want to do. Yeah, okay. And I'm going to force you to go over the top. Okay. And so you don't like that. Third and six and seven. It's weird because it opens up so many more it's things. It's Wide open. You got again. You got screens. You got outs. You got slant still. You've got double move. I've got to cover everything there. Mm-hmm. Even though if I got a pass rush, I should be able to take away your primary, force you back to the your third option, which nowadays by the time they hit their back foot, Russell Wilson goes, "You thought that was my third option? <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. That's my first option. That's an easy out." Yeah. So it's just different. Um I, I've changed my philosophy on third down, and you've heard me say this a few times. To me, it's you've got to win on mixed downs. You've got to win on first, second down. I've got to get you a third down as quick as I can. Mm-hmm. And we did that to, to Dallas in that very first drive. They had, I think, four or five third down opportunities. Guess what? That's just too many. You're not going to get them all. I'm going to get you on one. I, if you go one for five, I'm off the field. You kick a field goal, I can live with that. Uh, so I'd rather have 15 third down opportunities. Go ahead and go seven for 15. I, I can live with that. It's the ones that scare me is when they go three for seven because I'm not getting you to third. You're winning on first and second down. There's no pressure on, yeah, the, on the offense. Yeah. So I, I just think it's changed a little bit.
1: Okay. Now here's something that I've seen about the Seahawks. Tyler Lockett, D.K. Metcalf, the best duo in football right now at the wide receiver position. And I'm going to tell you why. D.K., 297 yards, second in the NFL. Lockett, 259. He's 10th in the NFL. Um, Lockett, four receiving touchdowns. That's second in the NFL. D.K., averaging 24 yards per catch. That's second in the NFL. Paul. They're not getting the love I think they deserve. Maybe they are. Maybe we're just in this bubble and we're used to just being tucked up in the Northwest and say no one respects us. But I, I watch ESPN, I read the the clippings and all that stuff, and they're not getting the love I feel they deserve. Number one duo in the NFL going into week four.
2: Yeah, I, I believe that. And, I, and the reason why I think partly is a lot of the good duos, they've brought a rookie in. You know, like Lamb, you know, with Dallas. You know, you throw in, you know, Cooper, pretty good do actually they got four guys yeah they do a problem they can all run and they got a quarterback who gets it done as well it's it's why we're giving up 497 yards a game we played matt ryan we've seen what those three wide receivers did i mean it's and they're tied in they have four ridiculous
1: people atlanta does
2: yeah um you know and then you throw in the patriot one threw me off a
1: little bit but That, that one that one confuse me a bit cuz Edelman doesn't have games like Edelman
2: that. had two catches last week two for 23 yards you know <laughs> and, and against but that's okay. I, to me, that was a little bit more of a scheme thing. Matter of fact, they run a similar scheme. Miami, the way they run their tight ends, mm-hmm. they will maximum protect sometimes six, seven guys uh, there, and they'll they, you know not that they run a lot of deep routes because Fitzpatrick can't. He, he's he's got the weakest arm in the league. Does but he? It, oh, he yes. But his timing's very good. He's very
1: accurate. He's Harvard man.
2: Yeah, you know, that beard makes him ahead. look like he went to. I won't even say it, um, <laughs> but he he doesn't look like he went to Harvard. Uh, their problem is he's just going to throw interceptions against the good teams when it when it matters. And I, I think we'll come up with some on them. And um, But, yes, I, I agree. Best duo uh, in the league right now.
1: Another thing I saw, I saw uh, Ryan Neal. Was that his name? Yeah. Uh, practice squad guy made a play in the end zone to seal the game. I saw Jordan Simmons come in and, and be serviceable as an offensive lineman. Can they rely on these guys? Or do you – uh, no, let me change the question. How long can you rely on these guys? Are they good for a week or two and then you need your, your, your dudes? Or is it, okay, we're going into Miami, let's try to hide these guys and and make sure they just don't make a lot of mistakes. Well, I think
2: Ryan Neal's back on the practice squad already. Oh, yes. So, yeah. Um, but – it's it's much easier to come in when somebody gets hurt in the middle of a game and you're in the flow. There's nothing to be nervous about. You're just you're in the game. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a lot different when you go in as a starter. It's a six things. man
1: NBA, six man.
2: It's so much different. And if they know you're starting, they're preparing for you. Mm. It's it's a big difference. I I would say you can get away with two, three uh, backups. You know, it's the key ones. You know, Jamal Adams is going to hurt, but if Leno Hill's ready, we'll be okay. I mean, Lano can play the game. I mean, he's a veteran guy. Um, You just don't want to sprinkle in too many back. I think right now, other than Jamal, we don't have any really major injuries. Chris Carson went out. We've got guys like Hyde who can play. Offensive linemen, we're so deep. Jamarco Jones, Simmons. I mean, we've got – we're the deepest we've ever been at offensive line, and they're playing really well.
1: All right, now we know what we saw. Now, what do we need to see? I can tell you what we need to see. I'm going to say – more sacks, but that's not it. You're not enlightened by that. That's that's public knowledge. Love that. well, what do you think we need to see?
2: I don't think it's the pass rush. I, I watched our pass rush last week. I thought it was pretty good. And you know, it, look, is it dominant? Uh, no, not necessarily. But we got two sacks. We should have had four. There's, no, I mean, we should have had a sack on the last play of the game. I mean, we had him. <laughs> He's dead. He, uh, we probably should have had the sack when uh, he tried to flip the ball. Pretended to flip the ball out to Ezekiel Elliott. It was way out on the sideline. They didn't call um, a gra- gr- grounding on that. They should have had a penalty on it. I mean, that's two sacks we absolutely should add. So have. That would have been four. Now we're getting up there. I don't think the pass rush is our issue. We've got to shore up the back seven can, and fix it.
1: Can you say that again to the people? Because I do
2: not think it's our pass rush. Okay. That's not the issue right now. It's. We have got to stop giving up the big plays. We've got to stop busting on defense.
1: You heard Paul Moore. It is not the pass rush. Now, coming up next, we'll go inside the film room. We're going to break down some plays that we saw with the Hawks right here on Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus. He's Paul Moyer. Let's do it.
0: Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle.
1: Hawks Live, Michael Bumpus, Paul Moyer, every Thursday right here on 710 ESPN at 7 o'clock. And we are in CenturyLink. It's quiet here, but I got my guys, so we're good to go. So now we're getting to the film room. The first player we're going to break down is an interception from Shaquille Griffin. Now, before we get into this, Paul, I just want to say it's nice to see this young man get the football in his hands, not have a flag thrown, contracts here, hasn't had a pick in a couple years, this has to release some weight off his shoulders, right?
2: I would think so. I, You know, again, uh, the the day's different. You know, you you start 16 games, you, so you usually get an interception just by accident, a tip ball. But the game's change. The quarterbacks are so much more accurate. Receivers, you know, the way they catch the ball. But the man made the Pro Bowl without an interception. Yeah, he did. So that shows people know about his coverability. So it's just a matter about finishing the plays. But, yeah, th- this was this was impressive. I, I Actually, it's one of the few – I don't want to say one of the few times. That I get myself in trouble there. We really schemed this play. Oh, I'm sorry. We probably should hear the play, huh? Prescott
6: stands strong. It's picked off. Griffin picks it off. Coming near side. Makes one-man miss, dives out of the way at the 35. The Seahawks have the ball back, and they've got 36 seconds left. A beautiful play. Shaq Griffin has been on Amari Cooper all day long and has been stride for stride, and that time he just undercuts that route, picks it off, and the Seahawks are in business.
2: Yeah, the Seahawks scheme this play. I mean, they have three wide receivers to our right. you got uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, offset in the backfield to our left um and it's really well played i mean we basically have five guys covering three wide receivers to our right jamal adams actually comes to help bobby wagner on the third receiver sees that he has him and immediately starts to cut over to shaquille griffin who's all alone backside and shack gets a little bit on his heels on this this is not you know the normal you know step kick that they talk about gets a little bit off on on his heels but, man, he runs this route like he's the wide receiver, and it's a pretty well-thrown ball. I mean, he undercuts this throw, and that's what you got to do. When you see a, a route that you've practiced and you know it's there, you got to take it, and you got to trust it. Because if he does, if this guy runs a double move, if he runs just a fake in and go, it's a touchdown. Yeah. you got to trust your instincts.
1: Yeah, I, I, Paul, I look at this play, and this makes me feel like Griffin knew what was coming. He saw the formation. He saw the down and distance. You know, there's a, um, a joke going on, I guess, in our little circle that Jamal Adams is like, look, if it don't happen 100% of the time, I don't want to know the stats. This is the play to where it's like, okay, 68% of the time in this formation, this down and distance, this is what they run, and I see a guy who's comfortable. Now, if Griffin doesn't make the play on this ball, Jamal Adams might get thrown out the game. Because he is going to light this receiver up.
2: Well, I'm going to give a little praise to the D-line on this, too. They run a stunt uh, and the two tackles. They kind of run into each other. But they come, and I couldn't tell if that was Reed coming around or not. But whoever came around uh, to our right side, their left, came in just in time where you know, Dak had to throw it probably a little quicker than he wanted to. And, if, yeah. you know, if he let it a little more inside, maybe it's a knockdown. Um, but uh, it was, you know, really good play by Griffin. Right before the half, huge, huge play because it's one of two turnovers back-to-back to give us 14 points. Yeah,
1: points off of turnovers. That's yeah. what you need. All right, next play we're going to break down is Russell Wilson finds DK Metcalf for the go-ahead touchdown.
6: Russell looks, sets, has time. Going to throw to the end zone. What? Uh, It's DK! He makes the catch! Touchdown Seahawks! I couldn't see him for a second and suddenly he flashes in the end zone and it's DK Metcalf and he in fact makes up for the play earlier and it's only fitting, isn't it, that he's the guy who comes up with the big reception. The touchdown with 1.47 left to play.
2: You bump, you think we're going to play this when we have Rabes on Sunday?
1: Oh, most definitely. You know what they
2: say, the eyes are the first to go.
1: <laughs> he's, he's getting older. He's getting hey, up there, man. Rabes is a triple OG. If he doesn't want us <laughs> to play it, he'll make the call, and we are not playing it. <laughs> but, what, Paul, what I like about this is if I'm a receiver, right, the, the slot receiver, Tyler Lockett, outside receiver, DK Metcalf. They cross each other's path. And my offense back in Monroe, we call this the tire concept, okay? They cross each other's path. Now, if I'm a savvy receiver, if I'm a senior at Monroe High School and we're we're playing this game, I know that if I see zone, I'm going to force these two defenders to switch. I'm making them communicate. Therefore, there's room for error. Now, I think they do a great job communicating the defenders and, and they switch it off. But now I look at the safety. The safety sees – the slot go outside and just assumes he's running the wheel. Maybe DK is going to run a slant and sit down in that hole. So, therefore, I'm going to try to stay on top of my deepest threat. He sees that, and instead of DK doing what most concepts do in this situation is find the gap behind the linebackers and sit, now I'm going all the way across the field. Russell sees that, sees the, the safety with his hips flipped, takes a shot and goes back to the guy who fumbled the ball on a for-sure guaranteed <clears> touchdown. <throat>
2: Yeah, we talked about that one. Um, you know, again, I got to give Shotty credit and Russell. Actually, I give three people credit on this one. Um, Shotty just for this design, they they knew something was there. And you're right, the safety never should have widened. He should have just got depth, and maybe he he makes this play. The bottom three receivers, there's nobody open. The the, the DB for Dallas, the way they pass that office, ex- it's it's, it's textbook stuff. Yeah. It really is. But the offensive line, if they don't block this right, there's no way he can make this throw. It's just too long a developing play. And that's what we're seeing this year. We're seeing the protection. Again, we heard you know, John Clayton earlier. I mean, he had 3.1 seconds on average to throw the football last week. You can get a lot of plays downfield. You can run these deep crossing routes and these double moves that, that we got. So, so many things going on, scheme, Tyler Lockett running the route to widen the safety properly. DK staying with it. And I think one thing that it goes a little unnoticed was the way DK played the ball in the air. He kind of faked the safety. He slowed down, put his hands by his chest, like that's where the ball was. And the safety slows up just enough. And at the last second, he bursts and he extends his hands out. No chance for the safety. That's, there's so many good things going on in this play.
1: So many good things. Just like how... You really love the way the the short side of the field defensively played that. It's beautiful when it all comes together, right? Same thing on the other side. It's beautiful when it happens just the way you you drew it up. I guarantee you Shottie is in the booth probably standing on his feet, hands up. He knows it's about to go down. uh, Football is a beautiful thing when it happens the way you draw it up. All right, we're going to move on to the next play. Ryan Neal brought up from the practice squad left v mag didn't think he was playing this game had a huge play fourth quarter intercession to win it against the cowboys
6: three receivers right prescott is going to look left he gets hit again he stumbles he stays on his feet still looks throws to the end zone it's intercepted the ball is intercepted in the end zone it's Neal who makes the pick in the end zone and the seahawks are going to hold off the dallas cowboys how's Dak Prescott was able to stumble away from a sure sack and still throw the ball to the end zone. And Neal, who was just activated today, makes the pick in the end zone. And the Seahawks are going to hold off the Dallas Cowboys. Wow, what a finish. The Seahawks defense steps up when they had to.
2: So he, really impressive again. And by the way, Ryan Neal is on the active roster. Monday they had put him back on a practice squad. Now he's back on the active roster, and and he's practicing. So, um, you know, good for him. I, we'll talk about him last. Here's what's crazy about this play. And I had mentioned it earlier. I go, our best rushes were three men rushing. Mm-hmm. Mayo on this one. Unbelievable. I don't know why he doesn't do this more. I mean, he does a speed rush, sets the guy up outside, and then he just nice inside the tackle and the guard. And I don't know how Dak got away from this. This should have been a sack. It's crazy. shows his athletic ability for him to get away from this. Uh, Shakim did a great job in this. I'm gonna call it a dime defense because a dime just means to me you got three guys rushing, you got eight people dropping off. I know usually it means six defensive backs, but just so people can visualize this, he's kind of spying, and he did this a bunch the last three or four plays. He made a great play on a receiver. He, he covered uh, 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 Elliott as well. Really, uh, he he did some good things. And then look, I mean. It, when you have an opportunity, I mean, this is an opportunity for Ryan Neal. Guy comes off the practice yes. squad, wakes up Sunday morning, thinks, thinks he's going to church. And they <laughs> said, nope, put on the pads. You're playing today. Not only are you playing, Jamal Adams gets hurt. You're now starting, and you're out there, and he seals the victory. man. I I can't even imagine how excited he must have been after that game. I they interviewed him. We had him on, you know, the post game show. He, he he downplayed it, but man, that's that's a dream come true. I
1: can, I can tell you how excited he was. You know why? Because I was in the same situation, <laughs> it, We're we're playing. I want to say week two or three. Um, I'm a practice squad guy, so the the team leaves to go to Buffalo one week. You know, I go I go back home to Pullman. Have me a nice little weekend. And um we're watching the game and I see Nate Burleson go down. And I look at my boy, I go, Hey, I'm up. He goes, What you mean I'm I'm gonna play next week. I get the call and now it wasn't the day before or the day of like like Neil, but I get the call and um I get my opportunity to play. And I caught a punt. I took it forty something yards, no one expected me to do anything, had to catch that game. Now I didn't seal the game like Neil did. I didn't I didn't do that, but um very proud moment for that dude. There is a, a moment where he caught the interception. He goes down to the ground. Like, he he stays there for two seconds, like, secures the interception. Like, look, I'm not letting this go. Then he stands up, and he just lets out like a roar. Like, I'm here. I've made it. So, this young man, big ups to Ryan Neal. I know how you feel. And I'm not a rapper. See what I did there? That
2: was good. I, you know, it, I was just watching this play again. I didn't even really notice it. Um I'm glad he Neil made that because they had the backside uh, slot work. He ran to the post, but because he had so much time, everybody kind of slowed up a little bit thinking it was a sack. He was working the very back of the end. So I think Ryan would have got back there, probably could have still intercepted or knocked it away. But um, I'm glad it ended the way it did.
1: Glad it did. We want to talk defense. We're talking to Paul Moore. He's breaking it down. Coming up next, is is it all over in Chicago while Mitch Trubisky goes down as one of the biggest busts of all time? Will he? We don't know. We'll find up next. Me and Paul, will talk about it on Hawks Live.
0: Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710
1: ESPN Seattle. I'm Michael Bumpus. He's Paul Moore. Nash and Chobie is doing his thing, producing this
3: That
1: was a
2: good commercial break, Oh, my it? God. <laughs> if you guys could hear
1: the stories that we talk about during uh, this half. You know what? Pay-per-view, maybe. If you guys want to. Podcast, you know, man. Podcast. There we go. Luck, you know. oh, well, this turns into a podcast. But, it should. I mean, it's going to. It's exploding.
2: It's, 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 it's not just national. <laughs> it's international.
1: International. Yes. Internationally known. You yeah. know that is? Pitbull pitbull what see I, I i i try to learn you every every episode i try to learn you mr well, 305 i think
2: you think i don't know so you answer for me <laughs>
1: yeah okay
2: no we're good let's fair. move on that's
1: fair <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go around the nfl and let's let's start with the nfc west now Going into the season, Paul, I thought the NFC South might be a tough division. You got Matt Ryan, you got Drew Brees, you got Tom Brady. But this NFC West is something special right now. The team who won it last year is the weakest team in this division right now.
2: Yeah, look, you got three great quarterbacks and one great team. You know, 49ers think a really good football team. They The injury bug's killed, and they don't have a yeah. great quarterback. But look, I mean, I think Golf is uh, with the right – time and 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 system and he has that we know what russell wilson i think you know the kyle murray is is going to be an issue we're going to see really competitive it's going to be fun i still think we're the best in the west
1: best in the west yeah like the way that sounds i know i did too all right monday night football yeah lamar i was highly disappointed i knew patrick mahomes was going to be mahomes but i I know that a lot of things have to go right for Lamar to be Lamar, but I didn't think it was going to turn out that way. They try to compare these two, like Brady and Manning. There's no comparison at this point.
2: Yeah, and I don't think it's fair either for for Lamar. I mean, look, you can have a bad game. The he, first two games, he was lights out. Look, in the first quarter, he was lights out. I go, oh. I even thought after the first six, seven minutes, I go, oh, he's going to outplay uh, Mahomes here, but Mahomes is – He's special, man. I mean, he's just, he's special. I mean, he's hes hes going to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, when it's all said and done. He can do anything. He, he can run. He can escape. He, he makes really good decisions. He has an arm that is like Aaron Rodgers, when I watch him throw, there's something, there's an arrogance about him where I go, why did you throw it like that? I mean, <laughs> there's no one around you. You don't need to back up and flick it. You can step into it. Mahomes does it right, and then he'll run to the left, and he'll. There's only two guys who can run hard to their left. Maybe throw throw Aaron Rodgers in there, and make a dime throw. Oh no, it's you Russell can't Wilson. diss
1: Aaron Rodgers and yes, then compliment him in the same sense. Well,
2: I get to give him some love that went on the tough throws when he's running sideways. He'll make that flick, mm-hmm. but he does it in the middle of the pocket. I, he's the only quarterback I don't like in the NFL.
1: He's the only one. He's the only one. Okay. All right. How about these DBs getting paid? And Garoppolo. And Garoppolo. Yeah. I know. I don't know if the people know, but I know you don't like Garoppolo. More DBs getting paid. Ravens made Marlon Humphrey the highest paid corner in the league with a five-year, $98 million contract averaging 19 per year. Is he worth it?
2: I don't even know. (laughs) You know why? Because, as you know, we watch who we play. Exactly. And I watch our team. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch the games. and You know, I didn't know that much about Gilmore. I knew he was defensive player of the year last Me year. Either. And then all of a sudden I put on the film before the game, watched a couple games, I go, oh, he is
1: special. Mm-hmm.
2: So look, I figure five years, $98 million, $19 million a year, He's Ooh. he's got to be pretty special.
1: 19 big ones. He must be nice. I'll take it. All right, let's talk about these quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. It's a two-horse race. As of now, when it comes to MVP or just the best quarterback in the league, now I was on Bob. I don't. David i, always, was, Bob I David Bob David Moore. Bob, da- Bob I David to Moore. Say that. Yeah. it's not Bob David Moore. I was on. Yeah, it was Bob David Moore. I'm sorry. I was on that show earlier today, and they asked me. They go, "All right, so what
2: time were you on? Were <laughs> you on at 4:30? Uh,
1: yeah, 4:30 because you could make it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they asked me. They go, "All right, who's the best receipt of uh, not best quarterback in the NFL? right now um and I go Russell Wilson and Keyshawn was like no Russell's playing the best but Patrick is the best that's a trick question
2: that's a trick question I mean that's like who's the best NBA player you know it's LeBron Bo but you know who's played the best in, in the play I, you know, I, I think Russell Wilson for what we do and the way he's playing right now is the best quarterback in the league <laughs> would I take Patrick Mahomes Absolutely. I think he is so gifted. I love his humility. I mean, I'm I'm following his mom on Twitter because they keep calling him Pat. She (laughs) goes, if they call him Pat one more time, because I guess the dad's Pat and he's Patrick, right? So I just love everything about their family. I love everything about him, his humility, his leadership. He's three years in the league. Three years. He's, But I'll take Russell. I'll take Patrick. You know, Give me uh, – here's the real question. Who's going to make a billion dollars first, Russell or Patrick?
1: I'm going to say Russell just because he's been an owner of a franchise, a part owner before Mahomes. Now, Mahomes is making all the right moves. First off, you got the bigger contract, and you've already bought a franchise. He's younger. He's younger. But I feel like Russ, Russ has things going down that we don't even know about. Russell's, you know entrepreneurs Russell
2: move. is – Russell's red carpet superstar. Patrick Mahomes the best player, but because he really doesn't care for the limelight, and Russell has these goals outside of football. I mean, Russell's going to be—I you know, don't—I wouldn't want to be a president, so he ain't going down that path. They don't pay enough, <laughs> but he's going to be something really special, and he already is.
1: And combined income. Wifey's making some good coins yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll go that route as well. Philly, beginning of this season, I said if Jalen Hurts touches the field, Carson Wentz better watch out. Now Peterson says Carson Wentz is my guy. That's knee jerk reaction to think that we're going to put this this rookie in or this youngster in. I think it's closer than people realize.
2: I agree, and I really love I mean, I loved him coming out. I mean he's he's just a winner. You know he he's a little Russell Wilson. You know, what are you going to say about him? All the guy ever does is win. He's a great leader. He does all the right things. I think you're right. But, look, how many times have you heard, oh, this coach is safe? No, I'll never make a change on the quarterback. They will when they need to. Right now, you know, I think Wentz probably sticks around for a little bit longer.
1: Sixth round, Okay, the worst division in the NFL. I'm going to go NMC East. Uh, Cowboys, Giants, Philly, Washington.
2: Well, I think on... Record right now, I would agree with that. I mean, I think the Cowboys are still a really good football team.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I think you just got some quarterback issues with the rest of the those guys. I mean, you could throw the ASC East in there, too. I mean, you know, Buffalo's having a yeah. nice year, but they're traditionally without the Patriots. We'll see what happens to the Patriots as the season goes on. I'm not sold on their defense.
1: All right. This week, Carson for the uh, for the Seahawks, he's back. Yeah. Now, I, I picked up Carlos Hyde on my fantasy football team think, thinking that he was going to get the start. Sounds like Carson might get the start. How much should we expect out of that young man?
2: Um, He hadn't gotten a lot anyways, right? I mean, I don't know yeah. if he's had – has he had 20 carries in a game yet? I don't know if he has. Maybe. 17, maybe. Yeah, and enough. then with, with Hyde and um, – I, I think it's tough because they're rotating a couple guys, obviously, in the passing game on third down. I'm going to give you 15 carries. You might get a touchdown or two, though.
1: Might touchdown. But
2: I think Hyde may get more carries. Because while he's going to play and probably going to start, he's not 100% healthy. No. That was a chicken you-know-what move by the Hill guy. He definitely should get fined.
1: All right, last one I got for you, Paul. Yeah. Atlanta versus Green Bay Monday Night Football. If Atlanta wins this game, should we take them seriously?
2: Well, I think you should take Atlanta serious. They should be 2 and one they only lost. They really should have lost. So
1: coaching, out. you're saying coaching lost that game. Then, well, I think
2: it's just we're we're watching the game. I remember we had Jessamine, who's now off to Q thirteen, and we'll all miss her here in the, on the show and stuff. But we're watching. and I go, oh, oh, they're going to blow it again, and and it's against Chicago, who while they were two and zero, is a bad two and zero football team, right? Yeah. And now you got Foles in there, and I'll be darned if they don't come back. I just think it's one of those. Oh, is it going to happen to us again? Mm-hmm. It's not the coach. The players, they got a good enough players. They just got to go out and make it happen. Tough game, though, against the Packers.
1: Tough game against the Packers. Paul Moyer, Michael Bumpus, 710 ESPN, NASA Chobe doing this thing. Every Thursday, we're right here. Coming up next, we're going to give you our final thoughts and break this whole thing down. The keys to victory for the Seahawks coming up right here on 710. Hawks
3: Live,
0: every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle.
1: Hawks Live, Michael Bumpus, Paul Moyer, every Thursday right here. We're about to wrap it up right now. Paul, this is one of my favorite nights of the week. You know why? Tell me. Because I'm here with you. Paul, oh, man. Talking football.
2: You know what? I'm going to go get – here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get you one of my old jerseys. Oh, <laughs> And you're gonna wear. You're gonna sun me like that. Well, you're wearing Kobe. I'm not. You but, just said hey, one of your favorite nights of the week. Okay, Why but, wouldn't you want? Okay, you, hold, hold on, on a second, Yo, you're, you're
1: comparing yourself. I was just Kobe. about oh, no, to say that. I was no, just about to say no, that. Wear, first no. off, you'll never see me in another man's jersey if his name isn't Kobe.
2: I would wear a Bumpus jersey.
1: I wouldn't make. I wouldn't allow you to do that.
2: It, it's Thursday night. <laughs> We're gonna do it one right. night. Okay, okay. If we we'll can have a jersey night. exchange, yes.
1: can we have a ceremony prior and like shake yeah. hands? Yeah, we're gonna pictures? film it. We're gonna okay. put it on Twitter. Okay, and okay. If, if it's a jersey exchange, yeah. then I'm down. But okay. I feel like you're a son of me. Oh wait, right wait, now. wait. Like, the NFL doesn't
2: allow do. jersey exchanges. They don't. So we're we're
1: we but gotta you, wait. But you can shake hands
2: though. We can. We yeah. can
1: shake hands. No jersey exchange. So yeah. All right. So what? They're going to Miami. Yeah. Seven and one on the road last year. Should we expect this to continue? I th- I think it yeah. should continue. If they're not four and zero, I'm going to be highly disappointed, Paul Moyer.
2: Well, I always say whoever's the best quarterback on the field usually has a good chance to win. Yeah, you know, unless you got garbage behind you, right? Um, we have a good football team. We got a good offensive line. We got skill positions all over the place. It's going to come down to us having to force some turnovers on Fitzpatrick. Yeah. When he did that, the first game, he threw three of them against the Patriots. You know, and we had uh, Armando on uh, earlier from Miami, and, and he was saying it didn't feel like they were in the game, but they were. I mean, they were. I mean, if they had it scored on those instead of those interceptions, one was just a dumb interception. They got a chance to win. The other one, they were behind against Buffalo. They didn't throw any, but he rallied them back. Yeah. And then last week, he didn't throw any, and they, they put a whooping on him. So, um, we we got to get some turnovers on the road. They're not a better team. They don't have better skill players. No, but we look. You got Ryan Neal probably maybe starting in the secondary for us. Um, you know repl- that's replacing Jamal Adams. Um, you know we're banged up a little bit on the offensive line, though. I think we got enough depth there. Uh, you know we lose. You know, God, we've had Irvin. We we don't really have a Leo. Yeah. You know, so what what do we do there? That's going to be interesting. I think you are going to see a lot of Cody Barton. And rightfully so, I have no problem with that. I Actually, I like he's a good football player. So, to me, it's all about turnovers.
1: Can we get a shout-out? Ugo Amati. We haven't mentioned him once. And that guy came through, seven tackles, wasn't expected to do a lot Holding down that nickel position, like I was comfortable watching him work. And there there were times last year where I'm like, ah, let's get out of nickel. I'm not sure if I want to do that. I watched 28 do his thing, and, and I'm okay with it.
2: Made a huge play on a – I think it was a zone blitz on one of them. I mean, it was. They were here in the red zone on the south side of the stadium, and uh, he made a big play on a third down, came back, and I think it was their tight end. He knocked it away from – he did some really good things in the running game, and the passing game. There are some times where – he, I thought he was thinking a little bit, because we're doing a lot. We're blitzing 40% of the time in yeah, passing situations. Yeah. They're running some different type of coverages. Uh, matter of fact, the one that Griffin, uh, we talked about earlier, intercepting, You know, I'm not sure exactly what we were doing, but we really funneled over to the three wide receiver side and had everybody there. So there's there's some stuff going on. But for the most part, uh, look, I am very pleased with him there. He makes plays. He's a thumper. He We could play him at the safety position if need be, uh, that was a really good draft pick for us.
1: <laughs> Who I want to see, I've been waiting to see all year. Last year it was John Ursua. This year is DJ Dallas. I want to see this young man hit the field. I thought this week might have been the week because Chris Carson banged up, injuries, and it looks like he might play on Sunday. That means Penny has to, I mean, excuse me, not Penny. Carlos Hyde has to chill for a little bit. He might get his carries, but – DJ Dallas, that's the guy I want to see. Is there anybody that maybe has played already, hasn't played already, that you're looking forward to seeing?
2: Well, the guy that I'm kind of surprised hasn't got more touches and more playing time is Will Disley. Yeah. I'm surprised. Look, Olsen's done a nice job. He doesn't have the speed, I think, of Will Disley. I think he's healthy. Um, using him probably more in the running game. Uh, That'd probably be the only one. Give me Freddie Swain. Uh, give me some more Freddie Swain. I I think, you know, he's a guy that has a chance to, if you sleep on him, he can burn you. Um, but other than that, no. I mean, I do, we're I think we're playing the guys we need to play. And, you know, we're, we're not going to see Brooks for a few weeks. I was kind of excited to see him. Um, he he was doing some good things before he got hurt last week. But, no, let's just keep it, just Hey, let him throw the ball. I, I, <laughs> first of all, the reason why I said that is he's never cooked in his life. Never. I mean, Russell Wilson, Sierra might cook, but they've got somebody (laughs) there. They've got all these natural path people and cooking for him. He doesn't cook. So let's just let him throw the ball. You know Let's what? Keep throwing he,
1: it. he doesn't cook. He just serves. There's people behind him cooking. Like, look, here's your mental health, your physical health, you know, your well-being. We got all these things for you. Now you go out and serve these defenses with a dish that they're just not ready for.
2: If you're if you're bringing in 35 million a year, push, and, and your next contract's going to be even bigger than that. You have a team around you, and you make sure that I can do this till I'm in my 40s. Yeah, because. You know, you're, at some point he's going to be making forty, fifty million bucks a year.
1: Oh my goodness! Yeah,
2: that's why I said first one to a billion wins. I think I, Mahomes may beat him because he's younger. Uh-huh. He's going to get two more of those. You know, Russell's probably got one more huge contract coming up, but don't be surprised if he has two.
1: Wouldn't be surprised. This offensive line needs to continue to protect Russell Wilson. I looked at the stats. I believe he has maybe five or six sacks. The leader in the league has about nine to ten sacks. So they're not where they used to be. They're making progress. Brandon Shell doing his thing. Damian Lewis is banged up, but he played okay. He has his his rookie rookie hiccups and all that. But Postick is doing it. Yeah, potty, if he's thing, healthy, you know. he's doing it. Dwayne Brown is the most reliable offensive lineman that the Hawks have. I he's I, banged up though.
2: Well, he's banged up, and you know he got uh, he he got beat twice on inside moves by by Alton Smith. Needs a sacks. Uh, you know that surprised me a little bit i will, but i am going to give him a little out on a couple of, on one of them for sure there's something going on with this turf it's slippery
1: are you At, oh do you work for the 49ers right no now?
2: no i i see it. i saw it and maybe it, not as much on, a, on us i see it more on the other teams are looking around there's something about you know whether it's a little spongy not quite getting used to it we've done it too where we slip sometimes Um, And maybe that's more like natural grass that you think it's turf. I I don't have to have my feet underneath me. But that first sack by Brown, when he went to go plant, it it looked like his left foot just kind of slid out a little bit so he didn't have that base, and Smith came inside on him. Um, Not an excuse. It's just something to watch and see if that's a trend.
1: You say that, and then I think about, okay, the Hawks' outside facility is on the grass inside facility they're on the turf um so that might be a possibility I, I'll, I'll give them that but that's not saying that not a very 49 no
2: show. no no it's not the giant met life stadium we <laughs> we can't play here because the injuries it's more of it's a home field advantage of you know that you it's just more like grass so you've got to have your f- feet in the right position as a safety a linebacker all that stuff. that's all i'm saying Something like, So I was giving Brown a little bit of an out, is what I was
1: saying. A little saying. bit of an out. Yeah. Hey, he's a veteran. He was born in 85. Greatest that, year of humanity. Wait, wait, wait. 85. <laughs>
2: wait. He's still playing, and you're doing a show.
1: Hey, you've yeah. been retired that hey, long. You know what? Who's winning? Him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Hey, I'm Michael Bumpus. That's my guy, Paul Mario. We got Nas and Chelby doing his thing. Big ups to Armando Sugero. John Clayton Freddie Swain again. I gotta mention Nass again because I missed him last week. All right, anyway. Appreciate you guys listening. 17 ESPN. Every Thursday, we will be here. Appreciate you guys. Highlight you next week. Hawks, Hawks live. live
0: every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle. Download the 710 Sports app to get breaking news notifications on the Hawks. And read the latest analysis on the Hawks at 710Sports.com.